0: It's Tuesday. It is the Out of Sight Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Network. I am your host, Dio Royster. Chill ride, chill vibes as always. Oh, we got a nice little seven game stretch on the horizon here for uh, your hometown Sixers. It's going to be it's going to get rough. It's going to be rough. But all seven games are nationally televised. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, shout out to our man Tom West in uh, England, who's on Greenwich Mean Time. Uh, of course, none of these nationally televised games are convenient for him at all. So uh, we'll we'll just have to hope that he can uh, catch one of these games. But in talking about this upcoming stretch, Steve Littman, Stevie J, the homie Stevie J, wrote a uh, column discussing this upcoming seven-game. Uh what what do you want to call this Steve this like uh the the stretch from hell like what are we doing what are we what are we gauntlet, dubbing this here
1: I like gauntlet I think that that's a good word for
0: Gauntlet it. is a good word hey if it yeah. works in wrestling it works in basketball That's good enough for me Oh uh speaking of which real quick I I know you and Emily and Dan over there at the Gastroenteritis Blues you just love your trashy television Did any of you watch any second of WrestleMania over the weekend
1: I don't I, I have not. Um, I can't speak for uh, the, you know, Emily got married over the weekend. So oh, that's I, right. I'd be surprised if she fit in a WrestleMania episode. But I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt her. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm not sure about Dan, but uh, how was it? Did uh, you watch e-
0: Emily, it? Emily was probably watching reruns of The Bachelor during the ceremony. Like, I would not be surprised by that at all.
1: Yes, that we fully expect that. <laughs>
0: uh i i just caught highlights and just reading stuff because you know i'm not i'm not paying for a wwe network because i have my own thoughts about that that i've said before <laughs> on other podcasts but we're not going to discuss that right now we're talking sixers here uh so the first of these games is actually well at the time of this recording it'll be tonight but when you're listening it will have been last night and it's the dallas mavericks and you know luca coming to town that's always fun or yes. wait wait a second are they in they're in Dallas i'm sorry so they're in we, Dallas we go to luca i'm sorry my my fault um expectations for for that game like i know that luca is this like all world oh my god we could have gotten him if you know the lottery balls swung the right way but it's actually okay and ben has kind of neutralized Luca in the last couple of games.
1: Yeah. Luca is somebody that Ben has done great on, you know, Ben plays great defense on a ton of guys around the league, but Luca especially is, you know, his game, you know, basically leveraging his strength and his size and his step backs. That's just not something that he's been able to do against Ben. Um, So, you know, we'll see by the time people are listening to this, you know, Luca either dropped like 15 or 50. We, we really don't know, but because he's uh,
0: capable of either.
1: He certainly is. But uh, I forget who said this, but during the last Sixers Mavericks game with which the Sixers won fairly easily and Ben held Luca to only 20 points and seven turnovers and only let him take 13 shots during that game. Somebody said that, you know, the Sixers are set up really well to defend a team that is basically centered around one perimeter guy, because you can have Ben check him. And if he wants to do a bunch of pick and rolls, then Embiid is your second defender that's coming up there. So, Uh, We'll see. You know, the Sixers have done a great job on him, especially Ben. And, uh, you know, the one difference in this game is that uh, Chris Stapps is going to play Monday night. Um, You know, he doesn't scare many people anymore. But, you know, from the Mavericks perspective, you're probably hoping that he can draw and beat out from under the rim a little bit more often. Um, We'll see. I'm very confident. I'm excited to watch uh, these two teams face off and see Ben, you know, come up to the task again against Luka.
0: I was just gonna say, does Kristaps uh, change things for Luca a little bit? Because, like you said, Kristaps can step out and hit some jumpers, maybe pull away Embiid from the net, maybe give Doncic some more space to do his thing inside the paint. But, like you said, maybe Luke has Lu- been doing a lot of the step back Harden stuff over the last month, and I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm a little confused by that, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Luca is just very savvy, you know, and and. Uh, he'll get a lot of guys who are over anxious or, or a little jumpy uh, though. He'll get them to foul them or he'll get them out of position. And Ben is just very calm as a defender. You know, I just never see him, you know, like that's why Ben's a good defender on James Harden is that Harden wants to beat you in all these different ways and get you off of his hip and do all this different stuff. Um, we'll see if they can get Ben caught up in screens tonight. I'm sure they'll try to do that. You know, Chris Epps isn't a great screener, so I don't know how much he'll be involved in that, but. Uh, It's a big test, and especially as they start this seven-game trip, I'm sure before they come home, they want to get one more W.
0: Okay, and then middle of the week, here we go. Sixers, Brooklyn. I wish I could be as hype for this game as I want to be, but is Brooklyn even going to be at full strength? We still haven't played this team when they're at full strength. It's either KD is still hurt or Harden is hurt, or Kyrie is just out for personal reasons. I don't know, teaching some flat-earth class somewhere. I don't know. But we just have not seen this team together all at once this season. It just hasn't happened, and Kyrie took this last game off for personal reasons, so who knows if he's playing against the Sixers. Harden's probably a game-time decision. So if it's just Kevin Durant, then – Okay, fine. So we stick Ben on Durant, and we're just like, okay, uh, try to outscore everybody, KD, with just you and Joe Harris. Yeah, you know, we'll see.
1: I, uh, you know, the last time the Sixers played the Nets, it was only Harden, and uh, the Sixers played very well in that game. I remember Doc Rivers especially. did not guard Harden with Ben in the first half, and then deployed him on him in the second half, just because of how many fouls that Harden tends to draw, and and just wanting to save Ben for money time, really genius we'll see, decision. I'll, I'll, by the way, I think that Harden is likely out, and I would hope that Kyrie and KD play. You know, I wanna I wanna get a gauge of what these two teams are like yeah. up against each other. So you know what you can really learn from this is a how how well did the Sixers do defending Kevin Durant, which is. Incredibly difficult. Um, they just so happen to have a 610 all world defender. So you know that seems like certainly the Simmons matchup and I'm sure Tobias Harris will get some time on on Durant and then you know, Kyrie, Is going to be a he's a tough guy to stop, but you know I don't think that Kyrie wins the game for them if you can keep everything else at bay. And then the other giant question, which everybody looks at, is how will Brooklyn defend Joel Embiid, who they really don't have anybody to guard him one on one. So (laughs) the answer to that
0: question is prayer. That's the yeah. I mean, do they
1: do they let Joel get his and single cover him and uh, just stay home on the three point shooters, or do they send a bunch of doubles and make Embiid make the make the right passes? You know, I I sort of, that's a real pick your poison sort of thing, but I'm sure that whoever is playing, both teams will be hyped for this one. It'll be on national TV and, um, you know, they're both jockeying for that number one seed and it's very important. You know, whoever gets that number one seed gets to avoid, of course, the other team until the Eastern Conference Finals, potentially, but also Milwaukee until the Eastern Conference Finals finals if milwaukee were to make it there so the one seed is very important and i think that both teams are really going for it so that'll be an interesting game regardless and i hope that both squads are as healthy as possible
0: so this is going to be a really flagrant question that i'm going to ask Mm. is it possible that the sixers never see brooklyn at full strength because like you said if the sixers are the one seed then you're looking at Brooklyn versus Milwaukee in the second round and if Milwaukee wins that series we may never get to play against Brooklyn at full strength
1: yeah i think that that's that's entirely possible you know i don't i don't think that it's crazy to think that you know one of let's say that they end up one and two in some order uh, i don't think it's impossible to think that you know, one of those two teams could not make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. The way that the playoffs go, you just never know. I mean, you look at the Clippers last year. I, personally, I thought they were going to be great. Uh, and then in the playoffs, they just didn't click. And and part of that is that they were hardly ever healthy together, which I think Brooklyn is running into as well, especially when you have three guys who like to be on the ball. Um, I, I I wouldn't say that I take them lightly, lightly at all. I think they'll be great. And I think that, you know, they've they've won so many games this year with, less than a full deck so uh it'll be incredibly hard to beat them no matter what but uh if i were you know steve nasher or you know the assistant coaches in brooklyn i'd sure want to get them on the court together as much as possible so that when things really get sort of uh stuck up together in the playoffs that they know how to you know navigate through it
0: this is just purely for my enjoyment but i i kind of want this standings and the seatings to shake out the way they are now, just so that we get Knicks Nets first round. <laughs> that would be fun. That that's, would be fun. That's a guilty pleasure that I have right now. Ever since I started looking at the stands and really paying attention, I'm just like, OK, wait, Brooklyn and the Knicks in the first round. Uh, New York is going to explode. There's going to be so rioting. is, is in that the what street. it
1: is right now? Is that would that be the two seven?
0: I would have to let me check the tapes real fast. I think that's the way it is. Maybe the Knicks are seven. Uh, Right. The Knicks. No, the Knicks are currently eight as at the time of this recording. Oh, yeah. So
1: either way, that could happen depending on how it shakes out. That would be cool. I mean, good for the. uh, It was probably pretty easy to see with Tom Thibodeau coming in there because his teams, I feel like, are always good, at least for the first year and then things are not so good after that but and then injuries them, I mean, and
0: injuries. you mean by injuries and playing their stars into the ground
1: yeah exactly i mean <laughs> you who know, I, I think i heard like zach lowe talking about this but like for giant market teams that have history and cachet and all of that when they've been bad for so long you need to achieve like competence before you can achieve like the, the form that you once had so anything else you know Right. So like the Knicks aren't going to do much this year, but though it looks like they're going to find a playoff spot. And uh, I think that'll be a big step for them just to like not be a laughing stock.
0: Shout out, shout out to the Knicks for not sucking this year. Yes. It's nice work by you, Tom. Tim. Mazeltov to the Knicks. Mazeltov to the Knicks. (laughs) Uh, Equally, uh, equally awesome game will be against the, L.A. Clippers, this is Friday the 16th. And Mm -hmm. you said it right in the first line of talking about this game. Storylines are everywhere. Doc Rivers, Ty Lue, Ben Simmons versus Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. uh, Seth Curry versus Paul George. That one kind of confused me a little bit. So you're going to have to dive into that a little bit more. Oh, Do you not know that one? I do not know about this one. What is going on with Seth Curry and Paul George?
1: this is it's more than secondhand. This is like eighth-hand retelling of this. So
0: <laughs> the, the best me, kind of storytelling, by the way. Steve. Yeah,
1: I think that Dan and Emily illuminated me to this. But so, uh, OK, Seth Curry is married to Doc Rivers daughter. Doc Rivers daughter, prior to dating and, and marrying Seth Curry, dated Paul George and Paul George infamously cheated on her while they were together. Get the hell out of here. Yes. So then, you know, there's all this Paul George and Doc Rivers sniping through the media that's happened after Doc went to Philly. And people are saying it's very layered in also the interpersonal drama that happened there. And Seth Curry, of course, that's his girl. So uh, there's 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 lots there. But, yeah, I'm very happy I could break this news to you.
0: That's that's amazing. That makes me want to watch this game even more.
1: Right, we should make
0: you get a steel cage <laughs> match and see what happens. Steel cage, hell in a cell. Let's do it. Yeah, uh, the, the Sixers, uh, the Clippers won the last matchup, but the Sixers didn't have Embiid, right? Uh, with Embiid this Friday, uh, totally different game 100%. And you can always say that when you're going from Embiid list to Embiid to plenty.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, It'll be a good game. You know, the Clippers are very good. They're third in the West. They're 36-18 and as we, you know, as we stand now. Um, And That'll be, you know, it's another tough test against a team that should be on the inner circle of, like, championship contenders. So, a lot of this stretch is really the Sixers sort of proving their mettle against the best teams.
0: Tobias, defensively, again, this is going to be a big game for him. He's going to have a couple of tests in these next seven games because you know i i like the idea of ben on kevin durant against brooklyn but i i feel like give tobias a shot against durant because if we have to play brooklyn in the playoffs i feel like he would probably take durant first you and then a, have simmons on harden yeah you know if you play a
1: full strength brooklyn team in the playoffs which could certainly happen I think that you might want to put Simmons on Harden because of how much of a game record Harden can be. Right. Um, and then, you know, that's not they, to say
0: Durant isn't, but like exactly. Durant no post Durant post Achilles tear, not the same Durant.
1: Yes. And the other thing about Harden is that he involves his teammates so well, you know, he can get that pick and roll game going and get a million extra shots for the bigs on the net. So uh, I, I would think that maybe Simmons starts on hard in there and they have, you know, Tobias, the one thing he really does have is the height and length to, uh, you know, stay in there with Durant, but Durant is an incredibly hard cover. So, you know, some mixture of like, you know, uh, Simmons and Tobias and Matisse Theibel will be all over those guys. And then, you know, the Kyrie thing will come down to, you know, Danny Green or uh, George Hill and some Theibel as well. So uh, that I I really hope that we get that series because I really think that those are the two best teams. And I just think there's there's so much to watch there.
0: I like the idea of Tobias getting a lot of refs against some serious all star competitors here. And yeah. Refs against KD, maybe against on Wednesday, and then reps against either Paul George or Kawhi Leonard on the 16th. And then, you know, maybe he gets put on Draymond or James Wiseman uh, when they play the Golden State Warriors on Monday, the 19th. Uh, Steph Curry, I said this at the beginning of the season and. I don't think it's going to happen unless the Warriors really make the playoffs. Even as an eight seed, uh, Steph Curry is every bit of the MVP candidate that he was a few years ago. He's unbelievable. I mean, he he's, is insane. He's, insane.
1: he's insane. And when you watch them when Steph is on the bench, when Steph is on the bench or uh, out for a game, they look awful. I mean, that he elevates absolutely that awful to an unbelievable degree. So, yeah, no, Steph is incredible. Uh, He's an interesting one for the Sixers to guard because, you know, they don't, it seems like in the Doc Rivers regime, they don't love to put Simmons on like the tiniest guys on the court. Although, you know, at the end of the game, we saw what he did with Dame Lillard. You know, he certainly can do it. The difference between Steph and Lillard is that Steph runs around so many screens that my guess is unless they absolutely have to, the Sixers don't want, You know, somebody as big and important as Simmons running through those screens. So it'll probably be on the Sixers' smaller guys. You know, Matisse Stiebel could definitely take some of that assignment. You know, he, uh, Matisse played really good defense on De'Aaron Fox in the past. Um, You know, I I would, I would think, especially since they're home, that the Sixers can get the win over Golden State, but uh, stopping Steph is an incredibly difficult thing. So that'll be interesting to see. And of course, his brother might get some of the assignment as well.
0: I get the feeling sometimes that before game, like five or six hours before, like Seth is just Steph is just on a Peloton for like an hour and a half. Just like, all right, getting that stamina going right now. I'm doing a whole bunch of running tonight. Let's go. Right.
1: He's great. He really does. Like he plays the game like nobody else. When you watch him stylistically, it just doesn't look like anybody else. So uh, I'm excited to watch him sort of up close with with, you know, our team.
0: Then we go from one dead eye shooter to another one who is on a team that also features someone that should be in the MVP talk. And that's Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Like, yeah. Phoenix, OK, Chris Paul should seriously get some MVP nod. I, I I'm sorry. It's just it's just fact looking at Phoenix, what they had last year. And you yeah, have Ricky Rubio is all right. He's fine. But you had Chris Paul and Chris Paul is the guy that puts all this together. Like, yeah. How can Chris Paul not be in any kind of MVP talk? Is it just that there's just too many guys at the top?
1: I think that it's, you know, the counting stats don't really come close to the guys at the very top. Yeah. Um, but if you look at actual impact and actual value, which is not really what the MVP has become, but if you were to look at that, it's pretty unbelievable. I mean, they are legit, really, really good. I think they're second in the West right now. Um, and, and he's like the big change they made. They have Jay Crowder too, who's a perfect role player for them. Um, and Devin Booker is a guy who's given Simmons a lot of trouble. Yes, he has. Um, So, so Simmons will, I'm sure, try to crack that uh, with Devin Booker because, you know, Booker's been a really, Booker's really quick and really just savvy in the mid-range. So uh, they'll have their hands full, certainly. And then that's on top of guarding Chris Paul and staying in front of him. Um, That'll be a tough game. Again, Sixers at home, though, so you hope that they can uh, pull out the win. And uh, Embiid has had his way. Uh, with uh, DeAndre Aiden in the past when Aiden has guarded him. So you would think it would be more of the
0: same. I remember that uh, nine point loss uh, to Phoenix earlier. And I remember starting to watch the game and I was just like, OK, Booker is kind of under control right now. Everything's good. Second half, the kid just blew up. Like, what the hell just happened?
1: Right. I remember watching that second half and the Sixers were scoring OK but every time it seemed like they started to have a run Booker or a, or a Phoenix role player would hit a three that they just couldn't overcome. You know, Phoenix was just able to score so well down the stretch and like Chris Paul has to be like the best fourth quarter practitioner in the NBA again this year.
0: It'll, it'll be good to see uh former Villanova standout Mikael Bridges and he's, he's doing pretty well in Phoenix. So I'm glad that, you know, former Sixers draft pick, Mikhail former Bridges. Sixers draft pick Mikael <laughs> Bridges. Uh, And then we round it out with. April 22nd and Saturday, April 24th, I have already carved out time for this Sixers Bucks. This is I okay. I've been on the record in stating I am way more worrisome of Milwaukee than I am of Brooklyn. Oh really? I, feel like, I feel like they're going to try to turn it on in the playoffs and get that chemistry of KD, Kyrie, and Harden all going in the playoffs. And I don't know if it's going to work 100% right from the jump, but Milwaukee, the way they have been this season and with the fact that they haven't had a whole lot of, you know, in and out in terms of chemistry, Milwaukee scares the hell out of me.
1: Yeah, Milwaukee's really good. Um, they're once again, like way up there in terms of net rating, even if they haven't won exactly as many games as they usually do, you know, at this point they are implementing a sort of big piece and drew holiday. They've had some health stuff. They had a COVID brush. Um, but they're tough. And both of these games in these, in the series, which I don't know why the NBA hasn't made these series, you know, these two game series, the back to backs, like, yeah there's so there's always ridiculous. Like the Sixers are back to back away against Minnesota and then home against Phoenix. It doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> make the back to backs, the series so that they're just in Milwaukee and they play them twice in a row. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Anyway, they, uh, uh, Milwaukee is a tough test. You know, the last time they played Milwaukee, uh, the Sixers were without Embiid and they got out to a great start and then Milwaukee stormed back and it went to overtime. The first half was fantastic. The first half of that game was amazing. If you're a Sixers fan, first half was amazing. And the biggest takeaway, you know, especially the biggest like rosy takeaway from that from the Sixers perspective is that Simmons showed that he could credibly guard Giannis without much help, which he had not done in the past, you know, Ben. Is big, but Giannis is like a different caliber of big, and and his wingspan and the way he plays. But Ben, I thought, played very calmly and under control against Giannis. And I don't, I don't know if you put him on him and he's going to shut him down. I wouldn't expect that. I think somebody as great as Giannis is going to get his. But I think for the Sixers to be able to play somebody on Giannis that's not Embiid would be a help. You know, you don't want to tax Embiid that much, especially if they face off in the playoffs. It would be nice to have multiple options. And it looks like they now do without having to just send double team after double team.
0: Six extra fouls against Giannis is not that it's it's not a bad thing to have. Uh, And I've liked I like our chances against Milwaukee because they have at least 24 fouls that they can throw at Giannis between Embiid, Simmons, Harris, and I guess Dwight Howard. (laughs) yeah
1: yeah i don't know um not the flagrant
0: kind dwight jesus just no Um, regular regular fouls dwight dwight has a good time out there (laughs) um
1: i uh we'll see you know both those games in milwaukee it'd be tough and it'll be the end at the end of this stretch um but i'm sure that the sixers will go in there with every intention of winning those games and uh, i hope both teams are at full strength because uh i really would like to see that
0: After this stretch of games, I'll just ask this question. Uh, Of those seven games that you mentioned in the piece here, what what do you think is a good, okay, we made it out of this thing alive Mm -hmm. kind of situation, like four and three? Like five and two would be awesome if we just lost to Milwaukee once and I guess Brooklyn?
1: Yeah, I think you're happy with four and three. I think you're thrilled with five and two or anything above that. Um, I mean, if they went off, if
0: they went four of the home games, we're gravy. I'm fine with that.
1: Right. I mean, there's a back-to-back in there, which is uh, the game against Phoenix and then the first game against Milwaukee. We'll see if Embiid plays both of those. I think at this point, if he's fully healthy and has no sort of tweaks or anything, <laughs> they're probably going to try to play him. you know, uh, for all of these, because Joel has talked about, you know, staying in shape for him is playing as many games as possible. So, uh, it is a balance, but I think that they'll try to keep him in for all of these. And, and I think that they could make a statement not only, uh, you know, in the media, but also in the standings if they can stay above water during this stretch and, uh, and be right there either, you know, within a, a half game or even above Brooklyn. I think they would come out of here feeling great.
0: Yeah. Can can they not go like two and five on the stretch and then have all the national media nonsensical people being like, oh, they need to split up Ben and Joel again? Like, no, we're not doing this again, guys. It's too that late. That would this, be a bummer. It's too late in the season for that nonsense. Just stop it. <laughs> yes, it is. That's right. uh, Stevie J. Steve J. Lippman. Uh, I would not be doing my job as a member of the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network without saying uh, hey, we hit 250,000 downloads over the weekend. Yes. Was that today?
1: That was today. That was a few hours ago. Uh,
0: this is going to sound very preachy and I don't know how you take praise. I hope you take it really well. But I just want to say how much of a joy it's been to work on this podcast network and grow it to what or helped to grow it to what it is today. And I look forward. I know I kind of hinted this on Twitter. But one year anniversary, socially distanced live recordings.
1: I would love that. I think that would be super fun.
0: Um, and thank What's you for saying that. What we're saying, everybody, is if everybody gets to a high enough percentage of vaccination, we're doing some live podcasts. That's what we're That's saying. Right. So beneficial. That's
1: right. Uh, thank you for saying that. And I'm so happy you're a part of it. You know, from from your very first episode, I was listening and you just took complete ownership over it and you do a great job with it. You're a great host and uh, we're very lucky to have you. So uh, yeah, thank you for having me on today. And thank you for being a part of this. You're a huge part of it.
0: Always a pleasure, Stevie J. I will talk to you soon. Uh, don't forget, follow Stevie J on Twitter. Uh, I always forget your handle, so I'll just let you do it. <laughs> At Steve J. Lippman. Listen go. to the gastroenteritis blues on this Liberty Pollers podcast network, as well as everything on the network thank you everybody so much for your listenerships your downloads everything we cannot say thank you enough and we hope that you keep listening and uh yeah we're coming for all those top spots on the itunes and the spotify we're coming That's for all right. of them come from all thank of you for them. having me buddy i'll talk to you soon steve see you pal